This is Where Have You Been, a podcast about movies and the friends who haven't seen them. And today, we dive into 2019's Midsommar. Um, I don't know what to call this film. It's I really like the director. This, this you know, certainly, this saying certainly it's an adult fairy tale. What do you think? This, this adult fairy tale? This certainly is a film. I, I, I would say, man, adult fairy tale does... Man! For how bright it was, I'd have to say, yeah, it probably does fit the criteria. But I think there's, like, another element to it. Like, I think Thriller would definitely go in it uh, along with yes. some just, like, oh, man, the score is really good. Drama, drama horror, mystery, it's so, creepy, it'll unsettling. You, I was going to say, it'll make you feel unsettled. It, like, you will feel uncomfortable watching this movie at some points. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um. As I mentioned in the teaser, it is on Showtime. So if you're rich, yo, what up? Pause the pod and fire it up if you haven't watched it yet. What are you doing here? Um, otherwise, uh, you can enjoy us talk about it. You probably learned pretty much the whole plot of the movie um, just by listening to us blabber on about it. But yeah. here we are. It is a scary movie in the middle-ish of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we definitely planned... A movie in literal midsummer um, about <laughs> summer festivals, um, but you know we're just geniuses. Yeah, that's right. It. You guys all, Smarty, you all know that we're geniuses. Smarty Pants Central, mm-hmm. right here. That's us. And like, and like, yes. going, going back, if you are not into horror movies and you feel like you just want to hear a breakdown of this, come on in. We'll give you this nice, comforting hug because we're smart, mm. and uh, yes, <laughs> and you might enjoy it. I don't know. <laughs> I think he would. Yeah. Um, I I feel like everybody who saw it. I mean, there was a, we got we watched it. You know, we mentioned the teaser. We actually did this live in person mm-hmm. um, for the first time, um, which is pretty crazy. Episode forty nine. Uh, finally, did an in person uh, movie watch, um, and uh, nobody ran screaming from the room. So you know, shouts to our friend Evan. He even managed to sit still for like. <laughs> The two uh, and a half plus hours of this movie. He's yeah. notorious for like checking out within five seconds. So um, it was uh, well, it was a good time. Good luckily, movie, I luck- thought. luckily, our friend Matt's cat was there. Uh, so it's all good. Yes. Kept Evan in Kept check. Kept him occupied. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's let's talk a couple, a little bit about a, a few things in this. Um, I would say, you know, we'll start with the director, Ari Aster. Um, who has done two films now, uh, the first one being Hereditary, which um, was kind of a huge, I wouldn't say a huge hit, a, a pretty big A24 hit, mm-hmm. um, you know, 2018, uh, you know, starring Tony Collette. Um, and it was about, uh, oh, man. Um, it was about like uh, about like, like a grandmother. demon cult. Yeah, yeah, a grandmother that Satan was a part of like and... uh, a religious cult that, uh, and they like transferred her like uh, power into like her granddaughter that had some sort of uh, something going on, and then it was it was just it's a really weird movie. I think like 
the thing that made it really unsettling for Hereditary was like just the clicking, the or whatever that uh, the da- the granddaughter does. It's, yes, it's super creepy. That's it's a wild trailer and some wild sequences, which really put him on the map of like exploring this really good family dynamic within the film. Again, like a, it's a scary movie, yes, but really great looks at like family dynamic, uh, grief. Um, how we cope with uh, family trauma mm-hmm. uh, and um, kind of like really shocking scenes and sequences um, that are just like, wow, like I can't believe I'm I'm watching this or I'm seeing this, which, you know, it is, I think there's like shock factor for shock factor. And then there's like actual some, it's like something else. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say like elevated shock. That sounds super pretentious but um you kind of put him on the map um and this movie actually midsummer was like already in production and they were starting to film when hereditary was released so like the turnaround is pretty nuts because the hereditary came out in 2018 mm-hmm. midsummer was released in 2019 um he is kind of widely regarded within the the horror genre as like somebody who's doing really unique extra things um and he has a new one coming out this year called Disappointment Boulevard, no. uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and uh, a lot of people super pumped for this one. Um, Man. I, but we'll it, see. I was going to say, like, it, it seems like I, I have to uh, first I have to ask, like, do you feel like these movies, Hereditary and Midsommar, they probably didn't do like the best, but people talk about them a lot. Is he like just building cult classics like right off the bat like ready to go like these movies are going to be like talked about uh like 20 years from now and they're gonna have like a secret like huge following and everything i think hereditary is on that on its way and i think midsommar could possibly do the same but yeah like, i would i would say so yeah. i well i think you know it's a, it's an interesting look at like the current landscape of hollywood right yeah. that you have these gigantic world beater movies that you know make a gajillion dollars mm-hmm. right shouts to you know doctor strange yeah um and you then kind of have scary films which you know make a decent amount of money um and uh you know we then kind of are like it's like it's like word of mouth but in, in a weird word of mouth right we're like some movies i think transcend uh you know, the fact that it's scary, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about like um, Get Out, for instance, right? Yeah. Get Out was like a movement, right? Where it was like insanely popular and made a ton of money. You kind of put Jordan Peele on the map. But then you also have, you know, examples of movies like uh, Robert Eggers' The Witch, mm-hmm. right? Which is a fantastic um, kind of creepy unsettling movie that's just done very very well and i think genre fans mainly recognize it as like this is meticulously crafted great attention to detail great performances Mm -hmm. and that's what really gets good you know good actors attached and it kind of does build into that like word of mouth like this is a really great movie but not for everybody right like this is not a wide release kind of idea um but there's like real themes and we're like, we're exploring things in here, right? Like essentially this is a breakup movie. Mm-hmm. 
right? Um, <laughs> fucking you know, crazy the, the, breakup movie. A crazy breakup movie. Yeah, I mean, this is not like Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn in The Breakup, right? Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but this is, uh, you know, Ari Aster at the time was going through a pretty big breakup when he um, was writing this movie, and a ton of the choices are very artistic and stylistically in your face about toxic relationships and rebirth and family and trauma and all those things. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, I mean, it's spoiling nerd corner a little bit, but this movie made like almost $50 million. Right. Um, you know, so like it, it was a huge success. Um, hereditary too, if I remember correctly, made a decent amount of money. Okay. I'm okay. looking, I'm looking to, 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 uh, yeah, Hereditary made almost $80 million. Okay, well, maybe I was wrong about those not-so-well-done-in-the-theaters thing, but... <laughs> well, I mean, but, but it's a scary movie, yeah. too, you know? Like, well, scary movies always do pretty well, around there, I would say. Right, and, and and we also, like, scary movies don't get all the acclaim that some of these, uh, you know, motion pictures get at, like, the Academy Awards. Like, you'll see, mm-hmm. like, the first oh, scary movie, the first scary movie to, like, ever really get it was, like, Parasite. And they got like they mm-hmm. won best movie a couple of years ago, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and like maybe this is like the transition into what you were saying, how people are able to take like these situations and attach like um, these awesome, inspiring roles that uh, like like uh, Florence Pugh did in this movie, like something like that, where I think she definitely deserves some sort of award for for everything that she did in this movie. And, and I think like maybe scary movies are on the way up, you know. Yeah, you know, I, you hope so. They get snubbed a lot, um, which is a bummer. I mean, listen, are a lot of them kind of stupid absolutely. movies? They're just entertainment factor, popcorn? Yeah, absolutely. But there are a lot that are really good. And to your point, like, Florence Pugh in this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, essentially this is the thing that kind of really catapulted her up. Um, you know, she was in Little Women. Yeah, she's in a couple small roles here and there. But she just crushes this film like her ability to convey trauma despair her anxiety freakouts you know all the all the multiple instances her range is incredible um and uses the film as a platform to really show that you know she can fucking act right um and she's not just this screaming damsel in distress kind of it's not that kind of movie Mm -hmm. um which is pretty cool i think yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, let's uh let's jump right into how'd you do? Yeah, not great. Yeah, yeah well, you know, <laughs> you nailed the most important one. How about that? That's true. That's very um, true. Spoiler, right? Uh, so kisses. Uh, you guessed eleven. There were uh, five. Yeah. Really speaking to the kind of emotional disconnect, honestly, between uh, Florence Pugh's character and her boyfriend. Right. Uh, who kept Christian. like who kept like changing like hair colors throughout the movie. He looked like a different person every time, but it was the same guy, but it looked like a different person every time. (laughs) Uh, You guessed 34 deaths, which, you know, you really, you really went for it. And I will say that, Hey, maybe we've got, I got some well actuallys to get to in a bit here, but there were 12 deaths over the course of the film. My, my thought process there was like, it's a cult. It's a film about a cult. And I'm like, cult, maybe doing sacrifices, doing this one special thing every 90 years. Like, maybe they're going to be killing a lot of people to make whatever god they praise, like, happy. So, that's where that's where I was going with it. Those pagan gods, man. Yeah. Kill them all, let God sort them out kind of thing, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, May Queen, you guessed it would be said 21 times. It was said six times. That's, uh, that's Swedish nice. being spoken, um, you guessed nine times. It was said 21. Actually quite a bit in the film. A lot of times without subtitles, too. To good effect, I thought it kind of like isolated our our little group. Right. Um yeah, I did like and that then, they. I did like that they were able to, or they, that they did, uh, you know, give us some subtitles about, uh, like, like when um, Florence Pugh's character uh, started speaking uh, Swedish to the one character during the Maypole dance. Like that was pretty. Oh cool yeah, to when see. they're like tripping balls. Yeah, yep. yep. And then like some other times too, like when you have like the ritual starting, but then you have like these private conversations that you can obviously hear, but you can't know what they're saying. That's yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. That was well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least was the title said out loud in the film and you guess yes and the answer was yes Woo! that's right five five times five times actually pretty yeah. pretty great i was like i don't um, know why i thought like they weren't gonna say like they weren't gonna pronounce it with the a like i was like they're gonna say midsummer and i'm like that's not the word it's midsummer mm, come on but i was mm. like oh, it still counts <laughs> Just over- um yeah overthinking a little bit you always guess yes, and that's okay. Yeah. The Nerd Corner. Let's jump to the Nerd Corner, shall we? Um, this movie has a 7.1 IMDb rating. Rotten Tomatoes critics are, uh, critic score of 83% and then a 63% audience score, really highlighting the fact that, like, not for everybody. Right. Um, I think you could get a little bit confused about the bright motif mm-hmm. and think like, oh, this movie is going to be about like festivals. And yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah, kind wow. Of. Wow. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yes, kind of. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people would leave this movie feeling pretty disturbed slash confused. Um, and uh, yeah, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, mentioned earlier, uh, a nine million dollar budget uh, made forty eight million dollars, so pretty pretty darn successful yeah. for a longer film too. The theatrical release is about two hours and twenty eight minutes. Uh, but we watched the extended cut because hell yeah, uh, which is oh, about shit. just under three hours long, um, which is you know a long time to be dealing with a lot of concepts related to like grief and trauma. And it really didn't horror, feel like that, you know. Um, those things it did not it did yeah. not that's for sure it definitely uh went pretty pretty fast and smooth it felt mm-hmm. like there weren't really any dragging elements to it sure uh the film released in sweden obviously and rather than uh eliciting fear in the audience most people laughed um a lot of the swedish critics praised the film as an excellent black comedy um, which makes sense, you know. A lot of it is kind of poking fun at you know the stupid Americans, um, <laughs> and whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of stupid Americans, uh, we have Mark, um, who is just just great. We've got a lot to talk about with Mark, um, uh, Will Poulter, um, just playing the resident fool asshole. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, anyways, he displays an extreme phobia of ticks. Uh, which who doesn't, by the way? Right. Um, you, you know, you, uh, is it's based on Ari Aster's real life fear of bugs and illnesses. Like Mark Aster wore two pairs of socks over his jeans to ensure he would not uh, get any ticks. 
Uh, and it's like a running joke all throughout the the film. Uh, you know, the little sidebar comments are pretty hilarious, actually. It's done really well. You know, the whole, like, uh, you check me, I'll check you. Uh, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. You know, my, my uncle's got uh, Lyme's disease. That's no joke. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff um, in the film is, is really good. Uh, great commentary. And I feel like if you have ever been outside in long grass, you, you're thinking the same thing, right? Absolutely. Ticks are scary as fuck, dude. Absolutely. Uh, a random, weird random fact for you, but Ariana Grande, shouts to Ariana Grande, is a fan of the film, calling it one of her favorite movies of 2019. She even tried and failed to buy the May Queen gown used in the film at an auction. Uh, she also threw a Midsommar-themed birthday party for herself on her 27th birthday. No word if she sacrificed a bear and or humans, but... <laughs> I'm going to guess probably not. I was going to say, did she jump off some sort of cliff? Did they have to beat her with a hammer? Yeah. She's still alive, right? That'd be pretty wild. Oh, She's you... still alive. She's <laughs> going strong. I know, I know. Um, that's kind of that's kind of interesting that she did the Midsommar-themed party being a musical artist on her 27th birthday, because you know the 27th Club, right? If you don't, I got you. Don't worry. No. Like, uh, <laughs> like a lot of uh, popular um, music artists died on their 27th birthday, like Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Janis Joplin. Um, I'm, I'm missing somebody here. But I think, um, oh, no, maybe Jim Morrison as well. I forgot which one. Um, but uh, it's, it's kind of awesome that she did a Midsommar-themed birthday about sacrificing herself on her 27th birthday, which is, which is also weirdly 72 backwards when those people in the movie do die. Whoa. Mm, mm, bum, 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 Holy bum. shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, where are we? Uh, toward the end of the film, uh, when Danny is lifted onto the pedestal after she wins the May Queen to be carried to the dinner table, if you look close in the background, you can make out her sister's face in the trees with an exhaust tube oh, in her yeah. mouth. Yep, you pointed uh, you know, that out. Representing her sister's suicide. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it um, after the fact. I didn't catch it my first viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Connie's corpse uh, being wheeled in a barrow into the shrine with all of the others appears to be wet and bloated. This insinuates that the villagers drowned her in a nearby lake after they had supposedly brought Simon to the station but killed him in reality. Just as Danny has taken the meat tarts out of the oven, both she and Mark hear faint screams, implying that the villagers grab her at that point to drown her. It's further confirmed in the director's cut when a boy is almost sacrificed by drowning in a lake by the villagers while wearing a sacrificial robe, same robe that Connie's corpse is wearing. Mm. Lots of, like, little hidden details in the director's cut and or deleted scenes, um, you know, that we don't see. We actually don't see much murder at all, right, really. Right. Um I don't remember that you know, scene. Which I, I, Boy. It's effective. I don't remember that scene. That was not part of the version oh, that we watched. Okay. We did not watch that version. Yeah. Right. Uh, early in the film, uh, Simon sees a group of kids playing and asks uh, Pele what they are doing. Pele explains that they are playing Skin the Fool. During the sacrifice scene, at the end of the film, Mark's skinned and mutilated bodies carried into the temple with a gesture's hat atop his head. Oh, shit. Uh, you know, kind of the irony there of him being the fool, um, you know, pretty, pretty obvious on the nose a bit there. Oh my but God, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, after the sex scene, which we'll talk about in depth later, uh, Christian was supposed to walk away in the robe that he had entered in. But Jack Rayner himself suggested that Christian run out completely nude to appear more vulnerable. Thus, he appears fully nude when trying to escape. Shouts to Equal Opportunity. 
opportunity nudity. Yeah. Uh, Rainer was inspired by having recently watched Last House on the Left. Like many films in the horror genre, female characters are disrobed, humiliated, and or assaulted before their demise. He felt it was due time that male characters be made to suffer similar indignity. Yeah, hell yeah. Good. That should just be the subheading of our equal opportunity nudity uh, thing. We found so, it. We're making a shirt. Shouts, shouts <laughs> to some dong, you know? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Where are we? Uh, in Danny's apartment, there is a painting of a bear and a woman wearing a crown hanging over their bed in the very beginning of the film. This is the painting Stackars Bass by Swedish painter John Bauer, famous for his art inspired by f- Swedish folklore and mythological creatures. Uh, and it is incredibly foreshadowing, right? Mm. As Christian is burning alive in the bear outfit and Danny is wearing a crown. Uh, the movie is like really great at foreshadowing, like tons and tons of examples of foreshadowing in the film. Like watching it a second time, you're like, wow, okay, cool. I think this I have is to, actually insane. Yeah, I think I'll have to do that again. Uh, just watch it over again to see that because I think I, I caught like the not so subtle uh, foreshadowing bits, but like I, I, I think I missed a lot of this stuff right here. Yeah, some of them are really on the nose, like the, uh, you know, sequences, a lot of the paintings, you know, depict, like we saw, we saw Bear on Fire, yeah. we saw the uh, the pube and menstrual blood in the food, oh, uh, for, for a love spell, uh, you know, laid out, we see a lot, and it's, it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty good, but then there's a lot of, like, little subtleties that are done really well. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, according to Ari Aster, uh, Pele is the villager who bludgeoned Josh to death with the hammer after he was oh. caught taking pictures of the book. In fact, right as the camera does a quick pan from the image of Josh in the mirror to Mark, uh, pause at 133.40, you can actually spot him hiding out of Josh's oh, view. Oh, that's cool. Check that out. Oh, on, Pele. Pele? Pel. Pel? I think no? it's Pel, not Pele. I keep want to say Pele. Shouts to Pele, the soccer great, but hell. Um, what a kind of a dick, dude. Like, he, right. he goes and he befriends these people um, to get them to come to be sacrifices and or sperm donors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then is just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna, you're going to die now. I Listen, he's really great at his job, right? Right. Um, his brother nice. kind of fucked up with the people he brought. Um, they were just, <laughs> they were out real quick. Right. Um but yeah, there you go. Ooh. Uh, and then last but not least, we've got the Buffy Link. It's the Buffy Link. Uh, you know, listen, anytime it's a brand new film, 2019, it is pretty tough. There's also a lot of non-Americans in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm just going to say, listen, there's countless sacrifice and spells episodes in the Buffy thing. So it fits in those lanes Thank you very much. I, I mean, am done. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, Buffy Buffy dies twice in the show. The second time, especially in season five, uh, where she jumps off that uh, one thing to end. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, she sacrificed herself. Um, there's also countless times where Buffy is trying to save uh, individuals, you know, who are about to be sacrificed. You know, lots of spell work uh, done as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Counts. I feel good about it. Yeah, I count it. I yeah. count it. That makes sense. Too many to count, actually. Too many to count. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Let's jump into our favorite parts of the movie. We we actually got a lot to talk about this we film, do. so we'll, we'll try to keep it brief-ish. Yeah. Um, the uh, the opening tapestry. So it starts with you know some of the artwork that you see throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Swedish 
community. Um, and uh, it pretty much tells the entire movie in detail. If you've seen the film before, um, you should definitely like just pull up a picture of it and look at it. Or you can watch a YouTube video of it. Um, but it essentially lays out the entire plot of the film, you know. And if you've made it this far and you've never seen it, you just love listening to us. You know, we'll I'll try to do my best. But like, you know, Danny's parents are in the the mural. Um, uh, they're part of a, a murder suicide. Mm -hmm. Uh, her younger sister is, uh, you know, mentally disturbed and um, uh, commits suicide and takes the parents with her with a pretty graphic scene uh, involving uh, auto or not auto asphyxia. I don't know what you would call it. Oh, uh, exhaust car exhaust. Yeah, like exactly, she yeah. essentially like pumps car exhaust into the house and, and kills him. Mm -hmm. um, you see that you see um, the. Uh, kind of troubled relationship with uh, Florence Pugh's character and her boyfriend, Christian, uh, while Pell, uh, you know, watches on and takes notes, kind of implying his um, uh, kind of like creepy spying on these individuals and encouraging them to come with him. Then you, you see them uh, being led by him, playing a musical instrument into the festival, kind of uh, this luring the characters to this uh, commune. Um, you then see the uh, the suicides, the ritualistic suicides of the old people. Um, you see the, uh, the the meals sitting down for the meals. You see the uh, the maypole and the dancing. Uh, you see a bear uh, on fire. Um, you you kind of you see almost the entirety of the film is in this mural. It's actually pretty beautiful and pretty cool to check out. It's also represented with the four seasons, uh, you know, which are uh, pretty well represented multiple times throughout the film. Um, just really great. Really, really, really great. Yeah, I'd say it was just. It, I think it made it more disturbing too. Like you're looking at all these mysterious images that you don't uh, quite know what's going on, and then the movie explains these images, and they even like go back to like these images to show you like this is about to happen. Not necessarily like this is about to happen, but look forward to this part happening at this moment. Um, mm -hmm. Like I remember specifically like uh, when they first talk about the bear, and then they go over like Simon and his fiance go with uh the dude the brother uh pale pale's brother and then they then you see like the whole uh cartoon of like the the menstrual blood along with like the uh the pubes getting sent into the pie and everything it was just it's it's very interesting <laughs> yeah it's the good foreshadowing yeah you know a little on the nose but it's kind of like oh, oh shit like is that what's gonna go on it's great exposition really like you could just do it in an image you don't have to have somebody explain it exactly or yeah. talk about it yeah yep um i listen it feels weird to call this a favorite part of the movie but the opening sequence is pretty unbelievably well done in my opinion uh right we have the it jars you yeah, right away. It jars you like right away. Like just seeing everything. Yeah. A sister worrying about her sister. Uh, yeah, a sister worrying about her uh, mentally ill sister, uh, and then just uh, everything. Like she. This is where you see like everything starting to get messed up with like Danny with like obviously worrying about her own sister, and then seeing the you already get like a feel of the relationship she has with Christian. And just mm -hmm. it's just gaslighting her yeah. and yeah. trying to be like ah oh, you know you're encouraging her. Mm -hmm. You just have this sense of dread too. The score is playing on it. It's doing really, really well. It's dark. Um, 
yeah, super dark. And then the reveal is pretty great, too, of, like, what's actually happening when the firefighters show up to the house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Pew just, like, absolutely letting it all go oh, and man. just having a performance for the ages of, like, just the utter agony of yeah. that. And the great shot of, you know, Christian kind of, like, stealing himself as he's walking back to, you know, go comfort her. Just the look on his face of, like, apprehension of, like, how do I do this? Because he literally was about to, Break up. you know, they're talking about breaking up, you know, before before the trip. Um, you know, it was just a great look into their relationship and also, like, that family trauma that goes in there. Um you know, and I, you know, we'd be remiss, you know, if we didn't mention, you know, obviously some incredibly dark themes in the film, um, you know, suicide, right. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the U.S. is, is 1-800-273-8255. Um, also, like an online chat available on the website, too, that's pretty helpful. You know, if you are kind of dealing with thoughts like that, you should reach out to somebody, reach out for help. Please, yeah, um, you're not doing it alone. Because, uh yeah, you're, you're not alone. Yep. So, um, you know, the movie obviously is a pretty sh- kind of shows the 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 after effects of something like that pretty well, I feel like. Um, and uh, it's just really well done. It feels weird to say like this incredibly graphic, disturbing, like, holy shit sequence uh, is a favorite part of the movie. But like, right. it sticks with you, man. Like, I remember the first watching this in the theater and like remembering coming back to the scene over and over and over again. I'm just like, man so well done it, it it is it's like it just gets you set up for all the other fucked up things that are going to happen in this movie and like especially going from like this obviously really dark thing with like dark camera stuff and like making everything look really dark on the screen to this mm-hmm. bright open world kind of thing is is kind of jarring in itself because you already had that sense um, yep. of dread from all that really dark stuff, and then you're going into, like, a lighter situation while still mm-hmm. thinking about that. It's 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 insane. Yeah. Another representation of the seasons, you know? This yeah. happens during the winter. Mm-hmm. It's dark, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and then you, you kind of transition to, to the summertime. That's... Yeah. Um, I think uh, shortly after that, we saw, like, a conversation between Christian and Danny <clears throat> where, like, Christian... I'm sorry, where Danny is basically talking to Christian through a mirror and it's really interesting because you see Danny facing the camera and then you see Christian in the mirror behind Danny talking to her and it's like you can feel the disconnect um between there like this is a hard conversation you can feel Christian being kind of a dick in this moment and then at the same time Christian in a like a scene just right after talks to his friends about his relationship with Danny and how he invited her with them to Sweden. And it's in the mirror as like, you see Danny in like, I wouldn't even, it was not even a mirror. It's more like just a window where you can barely see Danny. And I wonder if that's like, another. it's like a reflective TV, almost something like that. Like it's not like a perfect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where we had that first shot with the mirror. Now we have like just a window where you see, you know, that it's Christian and then you see Danny come in, but it's like a shadowy version of them talking to these friends. It was just very interesting shot. Yeah, and I, you know, mentioned that you know the movie is about a fractured relationship and the disconnect between characters, and it does a really great job of making them feel more distant and not connected, mm-hmm. feel making them feel separated. Right, the friends, you know, being told like you mentioned that Danny is going, mm-hmm. um, showing the disconnect between his friends and himself, and then, uh, you know, frankly, Danny. Um, 
you know, as she is talking with uh, the rest of them until, you know, she goes and sits on the couch next to Pell. Yeah. Uh, at which point, you know, it's this idea of embrace and being, you know, like, is he recruiting here? What is he doing? Was his plan all along? Who fucking knows? Also, uh, um, but you know that that changes there, right? If if I'm Pell too, looking at this scene, like he's just like, oh shit, I didn't have to do anything, and she's coming with. Oh, cool. How did I? Yeah. It's like like this this movie would have been nothing if that if if uh, Danny yep. wasn't coming with. <laughs> so he just got kind of yeah. lucky. Score right, yeah, um, and it's it's done quite effectively throughout the film, right? This idea of disconnect. And also I feel like there's a slight look at like how the characters need to reflect uh, and see their actions or inactions, right? This idea right. of, you know, um, even Josh at the end of the movie when he is taking pictures of the sacred book in that temple, there's a mirror right there. Oh, um, yeah. And it's like, yeah. bro, like, what are you doing? Look at yourself right now. What are you doing right now? <laughs> I mean, ultimately it ends in his death. He probably would have been killed anyways, but... Right. Um, you know, multiple sequences in the film with mirrors. Uh, Danny on the mushroom ship sees her sister in that shack very oh, yeah. briefly. Yeah. Um, she, like, trips out and sees her sister's reflection. Um, it's just really, really great mirror shots. Yeah. Lost art. Absolutely. Nailed it on that one. Um, and speaking of those mushrooms, uh, I, I have to talk about how they, like, first took them right as soon as they got there. Um, it was interesting. Okay, so... Full disclosure, I did mushrooms one time, so I'm not, like, an expert or anything, but, like, I, and I also don't want to sound like the guy, like, well, I did mushrooms once, so I'm obviously a uh, master class at this, so please uh, listen to my words. Um, but it was just interesting to see their reactions um, and how, you know, they were feeling, especially, like, Danny when she first gets there, and she was, like, very apprehensive about taking the shrooms. And it was, like, uh, if you're in that moment where you don't know whether or not that you should take the shrooms, then you should not take the shrooms because it's going to just lead down to some bad <laughs> stuff, which you obviously see the the results of her having, like, a bad trip um, with this. Like, if you, if you decide that you are not ready to have shrooms at that moment, do not change your mind and say, yeah, okay, fine, we can do it because it's not going to end well for you. Um, and, and the other reactions are very good, too, like uh, um, seeing Mark being kind of, like, paranoid and, like, uh, I don't, I can't do new people. Like when somebody walks up and then like Pell, like kind of like refreshes him and brings him back down a little bit and saying like, it's okay. New people are okay. Uh, and I think, you know, um, Josh didn't really have too much of a reaction. And then you see Christian who it looks like he's kind of feeling sorry for himself in that uh, whole thing where he's like thinking about his actions and what he's doing, knowing that he maybe knowing that he's a dick and having this kind of trip. And then the main one, obviously Danny, um, she, uh, felt like she was like maybe one with the earth for a little bit, which I've heard is, can be an experience if you, if you take the, you know, if you take a certain amount or whatever, um, depending on your, um, uh, tolerance level as well. Um, but someone actually did a review of this, this guy that was, uh, all about mushroom medicine. And he's just like, a lot of movies like to embellish, uh, what it's like to be high or have a trip on shrooms. But he felt like this one was actually the most accurate depicted in Hollywood. Um, and, like, he mentioned what I said, like, how Danny should not have done it in the first place. <laughs> um, because she wasn't ready to do it. But then once, like, he saw, like, uh, you know, things kind of, like, looking like it was bubbling up a little bit and, like, moving around. 
Um, he said that's pretty accurate. Um, what Mark was feeling was very accurate. Her feeling one with nature is really accurate. And then once, but once you start like rolling uh, with that bad trip that Danny had, it just it doesn't get better until like unless you can like bring your brain back to uh, some sort of uh, normalcy. Um, it doesn't get, it doesn't get better as soon as you start going down the bad trip. So it was just it was just interesting seeing that scene shot um, the way it was and how scary it was. Yeah, yeah, done pretty well. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, the uh, I got to shout out the bear in a cage. Right when they first get there, they <laughs> yeah. see the bear in the cage, and they're just like, "What is that?" And Pele just says, "It's a bear in a cage." Bear in a cage. Uh, and shouts to the DVD short. If you oh, yeah. uh, you can probably find it on YouTube, they did like a little a song uh, related to this. It's just called "Bear in a Cage," and it's just them bear in a cage. Da, da, da. Like these kids just singing this song <laughs> about this bear in the cage. It's just right. it's cute. Yeah. Funny little cute moment. It is. Yeah. Um, I gotta shout out the uh, dinner slash suicide scene. Oh breathing. my gosh! Um, you know, like obviously it's a pretty graphic scene, and we will talk a little bit more about it in the well actually. But the dinners are are pretty awesome, right? They're all sitting at the table, laid out in a rune uh, uh, pattern. Um, you know, they obviously are part of this ceremony that they don't exactly know what it is. Um, which again, we're gonna get to in the well actually. Um. And they're clearly like celebrating these these two older individuals, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's done pretty well. It's pretty cool. Um, the suicide scene is pretty intense. It's pretty oh nuts. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, you know, pay yeah, you, you pay attention to it. There's again, this is vibe of like Danny connecting to the coming. Like her breathing is, you know, is matching the the woman. Uh, she actually looks right at Danny, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like Danny knows exactly what's going to happen. Um, and then it's you know it's just pure pandemonium. It's chaos. Uh, you know people are freaking out, which again is like why would you not explicitly tell these <coughs> strangers what this is? You know you just invited these right. random people here to see this. Um, you know not to get well actually on it, but it's it's <laughs> bullshit. Like this doesn't exist. This is kind of like made up legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, to paint uh, pagans in a in a unflattering like uh, done mainly by Christians uh, looking to convert them like there's no records of this type of behavior happening um but it looks cool and it's kind of like obviously pretty intense but it is, it is uh, super, pretty well shot yeah for sure I, I totally agree with that uh it's it's very intense like just seeing the uh <laughs> excuse me the um the stress at the dinner where like they didn't know whether or not to sit and they like took their time finally able to sit and, and i should also go back to like the explanation that pell gave to everybody about the different ages and where like everyone slept mm-hmm. uh and we're like what was it like zero through 18 uh did this one thing and then 18 through 36 did this other thing 36 through 54 and then 54 to 72, and then they're like, what happens after 72? And then I thought it was a joke, but, like, I should have known in this movie it was not going to be. When they asked what, what happens when you're 72, Pele is just like, or Pell is just like, like, he just does the whole, like... Does the throat cut. Yeah, gesture, the gesture yeah. in your neck, yeah. Um, and, like, this, he wasn't lying. They die. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Like, <laughs> um, but, like, just the whole ritual itself was just... It's jarring. And then I also like that uh, Pell was just like, oh, yeah, no, I tried to explain to him. I'm sorry. I, I wish I would have done it better. And, like, I think that deserves more, <laughs> deserves more explanation. Like, hey, this is what happens uh, yeah. here. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I gotta shout out um, the the meal again towards the endish of the film where um, Christian is clearly the target of uh, Maya's um, you know love love spell essentially right she puts the rune underneath his bed yeah, yep. um, and she then it's laid out in the tapestry right at the idea of putting pubes in his food mm. and putting menstrual blood in his juice they're sitting there and he eats the pie and has a pube in it uh, and his glass is slightly oh. more reddish than everybody else's and oh, you're just like there boy. and you're like Bleh! so like yeah, they did the exposition so you mm. know what it is and you know what's there and you're just like oh no 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 oh. and he you know he does it anyways um it's just really good i, that, I like it small is, small but subtle yeah absolutely i like i saw it like right away and i'm like this is so fucking gross no don't do this jesus christ <laughs> especially when like he eats the pie and then like pulls out a pew i'm like no please come on oh god yep. Rough uh, times. but yeah it definitely a small thing but definitely super gross jesus christ <laughs> horror can be more than somebody being murdered you know absolutely. like that's absolutely that's where they're at mm-hmm. um it's kind of like an overarching thing that I really like of a movie, but the ideal of way it tackles uh, grief, trauma, horror, and acceptance, right? Uh, we kind of mentioned a couple of times as we go through, but this idea of a character really, really struggling in mm-hmm. Danny, right? Florence Pugh, really tackling these issues of grief um, and and trauma and, and how people react to trauma, right? Like some people very insensitive to it, mm-hmm. some people trying and like mis guided attempts to actually comfort um and then you know kind of this idea of acceptance right this idea of starting a new uh finding a new family um finding people in your life that like actually is like seem to care about you now like who knows what the fuck happens with danny after the sacrificial fire and all of that but it, it appears as though as dark and weird as it says, she's in a better place right. uh, now than when she started the film, which is an interesting look, and it kind of fits into the idea of the director saying it's an adult fairy tale. Is like she is now unburdened by all of these things in her life. Um, she has a new family. Her toxic ass uh, boyfriend is gone, no more. Probably replaced by Pell, I'm guessing. I assume. Um, and uh, it's all done in the backdrop of a horror film. Uh, which I think is just a really interesting interweave of all of these things. And I just think it's done really well. And so overarching, I love that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's really just interesting how this whole story is about Danny. And like, even though everything is scary about this movie, every little, little jarring thing that happens in this movie, it's, it all leads up to like that. It's insane. It's insane how the score changes when that thing is on fire. Everyone's dying in there, including, you know, Christian and the two people that sacrifice themselves. Um, and then you just see, go back to her, and she's smiling in this crown. It's just like, it, it almost makes it a true horror movie because of the way uh, she had to go through this whole thing. And even though, like, acceptance is great, and, like, I'm glad she found something um, that's that's that makes her better and makes her whole now and, 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 and lifts off that weight, like you said. But it's just, like, it still makes it so scary how the things that she had to go through to get to this acceptance point. Uh, gosh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have to just mention how much Christian sucks. That's it. Like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to list all the ways in this thing, and it's literally like a paragraph. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole thing. He just sucks so much. Like, first he's even talking about breaking up with her. Like, definitely gaslighting her about uh, um, about her sister. Gaslighting her again about like her. Well, I shouldn't say gaslighting her again, but like the effects of gaslighting and how she, like Danny blamed herself for him not remembering her birthday. Like, what the. F- 
fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. And then just like, or that she was like being too needy uh, for him when she was talking oh, to yeah. her friend. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, like I'm pushing him away because I'm asking too much of him. It's like, girl, you are asking for the bare minimum. And he's not delivering. He's not doing it, man. That's not. That's not it at all. Like, oh, that sucks. But like, yeah, Christian is just. A terrible person who is apparently a chameleon because he changes every scene. But uh, whatever. <laughs> should we should we go through it? I got a yeah, list. Yeah, Let do me, it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 actually, I'm up. sorry. Actually, I'm sorry. I actually have one more. When I got to the scene where he's like, I'm doing my, um, what's the thing that they were doing? Um, the thesis. The thesis. He's like, I'm doing my thesis on this. I just like, in my head, I was like, bro, get a fucking life. Okay, now you can go through your other things. <laughs> All right, yeah, and I, this is all just him and Danny, too. This isn't just him just sucking in general. This is just her and Danny, right? You mentioned the, the verge of the breakup, the gaslighting, right? So we got that. Uh, she says, I love you. He just says, all right. Uh, very little affection throughout the film. Uh, bad communication, the fact that he was essentially going to ghost her to go to Sweden and wasn't going to tell her he was right. going to Sweden, just kind of, like, came up randomly, and she was just like, what the fuck? You're going to Sweden for six weeks and you didn't ever tell me? Mm-hmm. Uh, forgets the birthday, does like the shitty candlelight flame, can't even light the candle, doesn't know how long they have been dating, doesn't care about her or her worries after the suicide, only wants to talk with the elder. Uh, he cheats on Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously that's the big one. Uh, just throws Josh under the bus too when he goes missing. Uh, he's just like, not oh, yeah. our friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just a genuine piece of shit like he just sucks like he's just kind of going through life not committing to anything not um you know engaging in any like meaningful like empathy uh and is just completely self-centered uh uh, and toxic just bad 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 bad. it's a great lesson for people don't do this shit do not do this shit and also just like he also um like really tries to make it like he's feeling sorry for himself like he does like this, I wouldn't say puppy dog thing, but like he, he does like these sad looks to make people try to feel sorry for him. But it, it obviously doesn't work when you're mm-hmm. watching the movie, but it's he's, he's an asshole. That's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, 100%. Right. Uh, all right, I'm going to try to go really quick through the rest of these because we just have a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the village. Uh, the village is incredible. They're all real. It's all real. They yeah. built the entire set in a field. Um, it's incredibly beautiful. You could watch like a behind-the-scenes featurette on YouTube. It's incredible. The artwork and the murals as well as painted very, very beautifully. The costume designs, all of it, just amazing. Um, I really loved the idea of a toast by touching your drink to their shoulder as you as you face somebody. As you know, Danny is about to take the May Queen dance uh, trippy tea. Uh, I just love it. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, 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 love the May Queen dance. Oh yeah, uh, and how it is shot from Danny's perspective uh, against Christian's perspective. Right, Danny's perspective. It's very loud and vibrant. The camera is just zooming through it's weaving in and out and above uh and you really feel like you're in this dance you're in this kind of moment while as christian's view is very muted it's one fixed angle from afar he's not even really paying attention again further showing the disconnect yeah. mm-hmm. um in the scene you pointed this out which yeah. shouts to you burn let's fucking go i know i saw it uh, i was that like that's fucking parents let's go <laughs> yeah that her parents Parents are there yeah. uh, as, you know, everybody's running up to her to celebrate. We see the mom and the dad kind of pass through yeah. the, the camera. You know, she's obviously tripping out. Very subtle. Um, yeah, you know, she wins and, and Pele kisses her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's like, where is Christian? Where is he celebrating this this glorious moment? He's just kind of like off to the side, disconnected again. 
Uh, and it's honestly like the most joyful Danny is in the entire movie, right? She's able to leave her grief behind for a short amount of time, and it's just beautiful to see it. Yeah. Executed yeah. perfectly. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, let's talk about one of the most wild sex scenes of all time, yeah. right? It's got to be on your totally. Mount Rushmore if we oh, did for this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously Maya is attempting to um, have sex with Christian. In the in the intent, you know, they mention in the film, like, how do you combat incest? You know, and it's it's pretty widely laid out that this is one of the ways that they do it. Um, and, uh, you know, she's there naked and she's surrounded by, uh, you know, 12 other women uh, in the commune who are all naked uh, in a semicircle around her. Uh, and he, you know, is drugged out of his fucking mind. He breathes this like fertility smoke. Uh, and starts having sex with her. And also, too, it's like, what the fuck? Because in the film, she's 14, mm. um, you know, uh, which is pretty disgusting. Um, and just all the interactions, right? So the right. women are all singing as he's having sex with her, and then they share the emotion. Kind of we see this throughout the film of, like, the group kind of shares in these intense joys and intense sorrows together. Um and the mom comes up to like comfort her and to encourage him. And he's just like, what the fuck? And then the lady's like pushing on his ass. Yeah. Being like, hurry up, bro. Like, let's get it done. Uh, <laughs> you know, Danny shows up, you know, she kind of, she pukes, she screams and has this intense like reaction of like letting out her emotions. And the whole group is her, her sisters, you right. know, are now comforting her and, and sharing the same emotions. It's just a very insane scene it's crazy well yeah i love it it's i mean well, first of all wait you don't have sex with 12 other people in the room already naked <laughs> what? sadly not you oh, know okay. it's hard to get 12 people all, to, all you know, <laughs> together at yeah once. schedules are hard i think we uh, amber and i schedules you know, are hard. six last time i think maybe two the other time it was it was we might we might stop doing it uh <laughs> but no i think that's that's really intense and in just showing how wild the commune is like I thought it was really interesting when Danny is suffering the way she is after seeing Christian like cheat on her. And then all of a sudden the girls and her are just like screaming in unison, crying in unison. But we also saw that throughout the movie with like the, the, uh, the suffering of like, uh, I think it was when the guy jumped off the cliff and like, instead of dying right away, yeah. he like broke and his, he did die. Yeah. And then like the rest of the commune is just like, Oh God, Oh God, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, along with the, you know, the, um, the sex with the, the, the ladies kind of like doing a orgasmic singing thing that they were doing. Um, and there was another scene, I think maybe it was the fire scene where the two guys sacrificed themselves and like the commune once again was like just screaming along with them. It was, it's interesting how that worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy scene. Yeah. Uh, and then like the very end, right. The sacrifice at the end, the Mm -hmm. bear costume, um, you know, the kind of anguish that you were mentioning and then like the smile, right. It ends on, Danny, you know, kind of with a bit of a little bit of a demented smile, but it's like, uh, this is this is what I am. I, I made the right call. I'm yeah. now free, kind of kind of thing. Um, yeah, so yeah, true. lots of love. Absolutely, lots of love. I mean, spoiler alert: 14, 14 items here that we love. We really <laughs> like the movie. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. Well, actually, according to my calculations, I think that would defy all laws of... Oh my god, shut up! Well, actually, we actually have a lot as well. We have 14 more of these, so we'll try to go fast. Uh, <laughs> we're back to a banger. This is going to be a long pod, but there's a lot here that's just like, what the fuck? Exactly. Um, number one, uh, Christian invites her to Sweden. Like, what the fuck, <laughs> yeah, dude. bro? Like, Mark just losing his shit, like... 
I love it. I like how. What are you, what are you doing? I, I like how he's like, yeah, I invited her to Sweden. She's not gonna go though, but she's coming with. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean? <laughs> like, what are you fucking? So mean? bad. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mark, right? He gets all freaked out. Like, I just, I seriously question again. Mark is an idiot. He's there yeah. for comedic relief and right. to fuck up and move the plot along. But he's like the dumbest one of the entire group, and he, he's just like, he's, he's just planning on pussy. He just wants pussy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And it's like you're going to a commune for this. Like, why don't you go to Daytona? Right. <laughs> I just, yeah. Why? What? I, 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 it just it blows it boggles my mind. I like how that this was, was this is what he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I hope like, he I hope he got some at the end, right? The girl the girl <laughs> lures him away. I hope he got. I mean, it makes sense again. We're you know we 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 can't have incest, so we got to try to impregnate him first. Sure. Or get him sure. an impregnation before we kill him. But uh, yeah, just what are you doing, bro? It's it's like I remember he was like even asking Pell like, hey, can we go here to go to like these orgies or whatever before we go up there? And then like Pell's yeah. like, no, we're gonna Stockholm. go straight to the we're gonna oh yeah Stockholm. He's like, no, we're going straight up to wherever we need to go, you know. Um, Mark, what a guy. Um, what a guy. I, <laughs> I also like to, I, kind of showing again how much of an asshole that Christian was, like he, the effects of gaslighting. Like the two ones that really, uh, that, that were really big in my mind, or I guess three, I, I have three in my mind, but uh, the, the min- minimal one is like him uh, kind of just, well, maybe him kind of like arguing with Josh about the assignment, the, uh, the thesis. Saying, like, oh, now you want to work together and, like, just made it seem like Josh was the bad guy for a little bit, trying to, like, do it that way. But the bigger ones, yeah. the bigger ones were against Danny. Like, uh, the biggest one, uh, or sorry, the second biggest one is, like, Danny thinking that it's her fault that he forgot her birthday. It's just, that's, like, it just shows, like, how shitty the relationship was already. And then the the biggest one for me is, like, downplaying Danny's sister's bipolar disorder, which, you know, obviously caused the end of her life to happen and I, I just like just just playing it off like it's nothing like oh it's for attention like get fucked man like I the effects of gaslighting in this movie from that guy was come on <laughs> yeah yeah pretty rough yeah uh in the movie they use the words uh May Queen and May Pole uh but this is misleading as Midsommar is celebrated by the end of June actually mm-hmm. the Swedish word Maja in this case Originally means to decorate with leaves. So there you go. Cool. Semantics. Semantics there indeed. Um, I, I noticed this too right away when like Pell first got them there, and he he he's he brought in the long the 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 biggest amount of people, but he brought you know four four friends, and then his brother brought in two, mm-hmm. and then like he makes it sound like oh everyone's back from their holiday or from their whatever, and they brought their friends with them, but we only see six people. Like what? Yep. Were they all like different? Or like, is there like different communes on these this little island thing that all do different things, or is this all one thing? I thought maybe there'd be more than just the six people that we saw. Yeah. If you look close, it you know, it, not even look close. It's like right in your fucking face. Right, yeah. There's there's almost a dozen. There's almost a dozen people that um, look like they're kind of strangers. Right. Um, you know, and it's like, where do they go? What happened to them? We know sacrifice right away, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, my well, actually, and maybe this is not a well, actually, because, you know, maybe these people are all fucking stupid, but right. no one thinks like, hey, maybe Danny shouldn't be left in the dark about this whole suicide thing, considering her family. Right. When they're about to go to the ritual, like, hey, I'm 72. I need to jump off this cliff. Right. Um, and then again, shout out to Christian for just being like, just take some time for yourself. OK, 
Uh, that's his comfort uh, for yeah. her. Oh, good. But uh, but it's also like it's jarring because it's like Jesus Christ. Not only do you not tell everybody explicitly what you're about to watch, mm-hmm. a very traumatic event. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't like oh, I'm going to commit suicide just off to the side. Mm-hmm. This is I'm going to jump off of a cliff onto a rock right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it's graphic. Like we see it just like Super they see graphic. it. Super graphic. Holy shit. Um, but we're not just not going to tell people what this is. It's just, it's crazy. It's just, it, it just also, like, shows how tone deaf that Christian is, too. Like, knowing that his girlfriend just went through all this shit. Like, fuck, man. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, just a little quick one here. Uh, after they do that uh, sacrifice, um, they have them over, like, an open fire. Like, they're on, like, basically what looks like a, a grill pit. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't eat this barbecue, though. Please, God. Um... But uh, they're like having it, they're like doing the cremation over an open fire like that. And it seems like, and maybe this might be just me like not realizing how much time has passed in between that time, but it seems like it only took like a couple hours for their bodies to just turn into ash. Which I feel like, you know, if you just have a body decomposing over a month and like, hey, it takes, or it should, in like, hey, it takes like a month or two for it to finally decompose. Um, not that I know that weird information or anything, but uh, I, I think like <laughs> cremating over an open fire should probably take a lot longer than what it was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get that fire that hot, you know. Right, that's for sure. Right. Um, I kind of feel like back to the suicide sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, feel like the second and the third hammer to the head is a little bit overkill, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Very clearly dead on the first blow. I mean, we we saw it, um, so it was it was just kind of like, damn. Damn. Well, I wonder, like, if that was, like, a family thing where they, like, lined up his... Well, I guess everyone's family there. Jesus Christ. Um, Maybe, like, direct family? I'm not sure. But... Maybe. Yeah. Something weird like that. Ooh. Strange. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about Simon a little bit. We see his body at the end uh, when Christian stumbles into the shack. He's the guy with the lungs pulled out of his back. Mm -hmm. Um, It's based on the alleged... This is a little bit of a combo... Uh, well, actually, in uh, sure. Nerd Corner. Here. Sure. But uh, based on the alleged Viking ritualized execution method called Blood Eagle, in which victims are placed in a prone position, their ribs severed from the spine with a sharp tool, and their lungs pulled through the opening to create a pair of wings. The victim would supposedly be alive and conscious through the process and not die until sometime after, likely from blood loss. Um, when Simon, when Christian finds him, Simon is still breathing, yeah. though barely, if at all conscious. As he was part of the sacrifice, he does die, obviously, sometimes between Christian finding him and the final ritual. But uh, we got a well actually here. It's highly improbable that you would actually live, though, because the yeah. lungs require the diaphragm to expand the lungs to <clears throat> inhale air. The lungs by themselves don't, like, you know, move like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be that Christian is experiencing, you know, the residual hallucinogen, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's not a thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't live through that process. Yeah. I'd say like, I mean, how long was he hanging there too? Like it had to be a couple of days. Like, yeah. Ooh, boy. Oh boy. Um, uh, for me, this is kind of like the only real grown part of the movie for me, but, uh, you know, we see Josh get killed after he takes the pictures of the secret uh, thinger that wasn't supposed to be, you know, taking pictures of. And we see him get bashed in the head. And then we later find out what happens to Josh. Because you see, like, his foot in the ground. Yeah. And, like, I was just, like, I groaned a little bit. Was he in the... Was he yes. in the burning thing, too? Yep. Okay. 
That's How they just like cut off his foot and had his foot like in the garden with a rune painted on it. Yeah. It's strange. Maybe it's some ritual. I don't know. But it was kind of like you're right. It stand it sticks out. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um for the whole mating ritual thing they do, right? The whole purpose is to have the highest success in pregnancy, but if the girl had just had her period the other day, mm-hmm. um then she wouldn't be ovulating yet. Right. So the chances of pure, uh, pregnancy wouldn't be that high. There you go. A little fertility information for you there if you don't know. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the firemen also responding to Danny's parents' house are not wearing their breathing masks. Um, if there was enough CO to have killed everybody in the house, they would be quickly overcome themselves. They should be wearing their masks. Mm-hmm. Um, the population of the village also is not sustainable. Um, we see a few young children, but not enough. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, so, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually a little article about it where they kind of break it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that Terry also commits suicide is not feasible. This is uh, Danny's sister. Mm-hmm. She would not have been able to tape the hose into her mouth whilst the carbon monoxide was coming out. Um, if she had somehow taped it on first and then set the car running, she would not have been able to go so far away in the house without dying first. And also the tape wouldn't have kept the hose in place. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. One, two, three, this is a sound check. Sound check time, Ben. What do we got? All right, so we have a guy. His name is Bobby Krillick. Um, his his stage name is the... Ho- uh, I, I, this is some weird stuff to, to say, but the Haxen? Haxen Cloak, I think. That's his stage name. Um, he actually... This feels like it's like one of his first... Uh, roles in like film I think he did a couple of smaller film but then he worked in like obviously got known for Midsommar here with uh, Ari Aster and like it's he's it's so good like how dark but yet light the soundtrack is it's just it's ridiculous but yeah this is one of his first times uh one of his first films I should say first big films um and he actually, I, I found this out and I nerded out a little bit, but I just got done playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And uh, he actually did a song for like a Halloween pass on the Red Dead Redemption online part of the game, um, which awesome because I, I think Red Dead Redemption is one of my favorite games of all time right now. Uh, so that's just me nerding out a little bit. Um, he did win an award for best original soundtrack, but it was for the, I shouldn't say, but, but it was the Ivor Novello awards and the Ivor Novello awards basically, um, uh, it's named after an entertainer and the awards for, uh, songwriting and composing. And then they were also, or he was also nominated for Midsommar as a breakthrough composer of the year at the International Film Music Critics Association. And, uh, yeah, not too much about him. Like, this is his first uh, big one, and I hope I hope that uh, he does more. Like, uh, it's just, this is great. Uh, he did have some producer roles on, uh, let's see, Father John Misty and Khaled. So, I mean, that's pretty cool, too. Um, but, yeah, I think he's young enough to still d- get, some, uh, get some more credits going. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, and that leads us to our standout. Um, so, I originally wanted to find the six note ascension thing that we kind of hear like right when they first get to sweden but i couldn't find it anywhere on the soundtrack i think it's like it's just in a small section that uh that it probably wouldn't be you know on a soundtrack that way uh but it was the way that they used that six notes ascending over and over again was very 
terrifying. Uh, and I wish I could play it for you. So I'm going to move on to my actual one here. Um, but the Fire Temple, it's like right at the end there when uh, Danny has her acceptance of what's going on in her new life. And uh, it's very up and down with like these light, bright melodies, but then also some like scratching and violin playing scariness in the background. And it's, it's super well done. Uh, and I absolutely love that one. It was very good. Yeah, the, the soundtrack itself is very creepy. Yes. It's filled with a lot of like kind of creepy, unsettling music. Uh, I cheated a little bit, and this isn't actually in the soundtrack. I feel like it should be, though. But the Maypool, the Maypole song, uh, when Daniel's dancing around the Maypole, uh, I just love it. It's oh, on yeah. YouTube. You can check it out. It's good. It's good. Water cooler, water cooler talk, oh yeah. Water cooler time. <sighs> Let's do a Mount Rushmore breakup movies because that's what is... i feel like this ultimately is the breakup movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> a this fucking is, disturbed one but this is quite, here we are quite the breakup movie uh yes. gosh and trying to search for like breakup movies in the horror genre isn't always the easiest um mm-hmm. but i did find uh a good list of breakup movies summer comedies but here we go my first one is forgetting sarah marshall hilarious movie um absolutely love that movie everyone did a great job uh, my next breakup movie is Birds of Prey, and that's when Harley Quinn and the Joker break up, so then Harley Quinn does her own thing. I thought it was a really funny movie, or a really fun movie, I should say. A lot nice. of, uh, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, my next one is Shaun of the Dead. Now, I know it's more mm. of a zombie movie. More oh. of a zombie. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's fair. I mean, like, uh, first, shout out my wife. It's one of her favorite movies. Um, and then, like, you know, Shaun and his lady break up because he's bad at setting up dates and they only go to the Winchester. So they broke up. And then like during the whole movie, it's just him trying to save her. And then lastly, this one is going to be a stretch, but I'm counting misery because I feel like the relationship that, uh, Anne had with the author was more of like a relationship, even though it was obviously one sided, but it just felt like a weird psycho thing to do to like, steal this author that you absolutely love that you're totally in love with and break his legs and then the author is like or ankles i should say and the author finally gets free but i I don't know why i like it has that breakup feel so i'm going with misery Hmm. yeah that's an interesting interesting choice yeah yeah uh yeah i've got i listen i'm with you with forgetting sarah marshall one of the Mm -hmm. better breakup movies of all time hilarious just fantastic uh, 500 Days of Summer oh, uh, was another yes. one that I chose. Um, just a fascinating look at relationships and how different people perceive relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say don't watch this movie if you're kind of like not feeling super confident about the relationship you're in. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. Oh boy, you're in trouble. I that was um, almost on my that was almost on my list. I love that they were able to like they have like two separate shots of what he thought was going to happen and what he what did happen. I love that part. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, super good. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Midsommar. I, I think this is a Mount yes, Rushmore yeah. breakup movies as well. Just mm-hmm. showing like all the different stages of a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also put her on there. Shouts to her. Oh. Um, if you haven't seen that, um, we did a podcast about it. It's actually one of our most popular uh, podcasts. Yeah. Um, not because we're amazing, but because the movie's fucking amazing. Yeah. You should definitely watch it. Joaquin Phoenix's character is dealing with the breakup uh, of Rooney Mara uh, and uh, finds himself with a AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they uh, kind of started a new relationship together. 
Oof. So there you go. I spent my first one. We almost had three out of yeah. the four of the same ones. Almost. Because I, I almost put, cool. I almost put five hundred days of summer and then I almost put Midsummer on here too. Man. <laughs> and you I feel like you've you this is this might be the first time in history of the pod that you've seen all the movies that I put in my Mount Rushmore. Holy shit. Wow. Pretty impressive. Yeah, this is Look, well, luckily it's it's just taking us some time, you know, but we're getting there. We're expanding your library. Well, well to be to be fair, <laughs> half the movies that you put on your Mount Rushmore we we are doing for the podcast. So there you go. I'm winning. There you go. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Um, all right. What is something you would want to keep slash have for the movie? I would take the bear in a cage, only to set it free. Yeah, pretty fucked up yeah. thing that happens to the bear, man. Right. I was gonna say like it, it's in like a really small cage, and I'm like, no, he needs more room to run around. Please let him go. But uh, yep. but but also yes, the sacrificing is not good either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm taking uh, the flower outfit at the end, much yeah. like Ariana Grande. I am obsessed with that thing. I think it's beautiful. Looks yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, what is missing? What do we want to see? Do you want Do you want to start out with this one? You can go ahead first. Um, I you know I think listen, I get why we don't see it because it kind of sets up the Josh kill, but mm-hmm. like. I kind of want to see Mark's death scene. We don't really see hardly any of the death scenes, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And that kind of adds to the creepiness of the mystery of what's happening. But I just feel like the Mark death scene is so earned because he's such a fucking piece of shit. Right. Right. He's just complaining about not getting pussy. (laughs) He pees on the ancestral ashes. He's just collectively a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a literal fool. And we don't get the death scene. I'm kind of of bummed by it. Yeah. I mean, you showed some people committing suicide off of a... Cliff, I mean, might as well see the guy get skinned. Come on, what are you doing? Um, But yeah, I was going to say, what did happen to Mark? You know, I think like during the, like he he was like gone for like the best half of an hour part of the last part of the movie. Um, But like Mm -hmm. it was, it was, I I really wanted to see him die. Uh, But the thing that I think is really missing too is like more history of her sister's mental illness or like more history of her family. Like you only got that glimpse in the beginning there where she's worried about her sister with a bipolar disorder. And then they're just, they're, they're dead. Um, I wish there was like a little bit more explanation of her sister and maybe like more of what the sister has gone through. Maybe some past experiences, uh, of the bipolar disorder that, uh, Danny had to live through to work through with her sister. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Overall though, pretty, Pretty solid movie. I Absolutely. mean, it, it helps that it's a long movie. It's yes. kind of hard to pinpoint. <laughs> Absolutely. Who's the best around? Who didn't really bring the movie down? You're the best around. Who who takes it home, Ben? Well, yeah, Florence Pugh for sure. I have to give her. I have to. I have to say, she did a great job. Like, I I really felt like she was gonna do a great job as soon as like she did the reaction to her parents and sister dying and like crying on uh, Christian's lap. That was like super emotional and just like. Oh, super kind of hard to even hear like just how much mm-hmm. suffering was going on there but yeah. i i have to give credit to the entire commune like just the way they were they made they made the movie creepy the reactions their rituals uh that they did there and the reactions to the rituals it it, it just made it so creepy cuz everything just seemed very unsettling whenever you saw like all of them together at once like trying to eat dinner trying to do these like dance things um singing together everything was just creepy i have to give it to the commune yeah i would say almost all the ancillary characters are really great yeah. um 
I it's Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. period for me like for sure. the movie lives and breathes with her mm-hmm. her range her willingness to just go all the way yeah. in the grief and the agony scenes is a thing to be admired um it's uncomfortable uh and it should be yeah that's kind of the point um and it's just done so well and so i'm such a huge fan Absolutely. of hers um and she does great yeah yeah i agree over under what's the final verdict Last but not least, overrated or underrated? How are we feeling about the film? Uh, underrated, man. It's underrated. It's it's fucked up. It is not for everybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do not watch this if you if you don't have the stomach for horror movies or or just like maybe not the faith of heart even. Just it's it's underrated though. It's such a it's such a good movie the way they were able to uh um kind of just see the grieving process of how like Danny dealt with everything and to get where she was at at the end there. Uh, just all the disturbing stuff that you see uh, it, it's it and all the stuff that you don't see. That's still disturbing. It's, it's all just, it's, it's wonderful. It's underrated. Yeah. I, I loved it on a rewatch. I liked it even more. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there you I, go. I can't wait to rewatch it again. <laughs> all right uh well that is it for today's episode thanks for uh for listening along with us uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram at where have you been like our facebook page at facebook.com slash where have you been feel free to send recommendations or feedback we would love to hear from you mm-hmm. yeah. until next time, time. bye also too oh, next whoa. time oh, yeah. episode 50 holy shit episode 50 Oh my God. We're super excited. Yeah. Wait till you see what yep. we got for you. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>